If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. If you were a character in The Office, who would you be? I'd probably be you. (laughs) Secretly, everyone thinks, oh, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. But, you know, I know how you got that money to buy that bar at the end. You were embezzling the whole time. You were the smartest (laughs) one there. Oh... All right. Well, listen, that's a theory. Hi, I'm Julian Edelman, 12-year NFL veteran for the New England Patriots, three-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, a producer, content creator, analyst on Inside the NFL. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. You're a stud. Streaming on Paramount. Yeah. Plus, okay. Of course. Okay, Julian. And lastly, transitioning oh. into one of the hosts of the greatest sports podcast of all time, named Games with Names, on a mission to find the best game, the GOG of all time. Greatest of all games. Yeah, that's me. How you guys doing? Hello, my friends, and welcome to a very exciting episode of Off the Beat 
Sports. As always, it's me, your host, Brian Baumgartner. Now, you just got a little sneak peek from my interview today with the legendary, I think we can call it that, legendary New England Patriots wide receiver, Julian Edelman, a man, well, you could say a man that really did his job over 12 seasons in the NFL, three Super Bowl wins, and the distinct honor of being the MVP of Super Bowl 53. But you know what? It seems like he could have just done a little bit more. Am I right? Well, now he is. Julian had an incredible career on the field, and now he's expanding his reach into the wonderful world of entertainment. He's starring on Inside the NFL, and now into my neck of the woods, a brand new podcast called Games with Names, which I'm excited for you to hear about, but I'm also excited to dive into our interview today. So strap it in, folks. Slap on the old helmet, and uh, let's get ready to hear from one of football's all-time great wide receivers, Julian Edelman. Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. What's up, Julian? How you doing, Brian? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just uh, I'm out here in Los Angeles. Oh, are you in Los Angeles now? I am. I'm in Los Angeles now. Well, you're a big entertainer now. I mean, not that you weren't before, but you know, that's where the entertainers live, I hear. Uh, my daughter lives out here. That's why I live out here. <laughs> I, I'm a NorCal kid. I'm a Northern California kid, so it's 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 different. It's different where I'm from. By the way, just off off top, like your voice sounds really it's a good good voice for like I don't know if it's the headphones that I'm wearing right now, but the voice sounds it's a good voice. You like me you like me in your head is what you're saying. You're in That's... my head right now. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's that's a great compliment. I mean, you you have a you have a face for television. I've got a voice for being in your head. I guess. Do you think I could have gotten in your head? Do you do you think I could have gotten in your head on the football field? No. Come on. No one could. No one could get in my head. No one. The only person who could get into my head was my me. Like I would get you? my like that's the only thing. But usually other guys, I was pretty good at that. Okay. You know, especially when I was in the prime of my career. Like early on in my my career, I was still learning, but once I knew the material and I once I was comfortable and I had experience and and remembered things, like I was so confident in my ability that I was getting in other people's head. Yeah. I I I know that about you, but I still I feel like I could have gotten in your head. I feel like I could have found some button to push that would have stopped the Patriots dynasty. No? No, because anytime no. a guy would try to do that, like it like that's the last thing you want to do because especially if you're on like a if you're on a good team, like it's never going to go down like that. When you're on like a mediocre team and you're playing like week eight, you're eight. No. And this other team's like, 
two and six and this guy's talking and you already it's like the middle of the year so it, 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 it the first part of the year you're excited the season started then you start getting beat up that there's a middle chunk of the season where you're like man it's a grind you know you're mentally emotionally just exhausted and so sometimes when that would happen it gave you a little spark because you go to a, one of those crappy teams or a mediocre team it's hard to get up to play that when you're you know when you're always doing well and you know so you would use that kind of stuff and you would put it in your head and, and create a story and then i would attack that person and i would try to embarrass them yeah that makes sense that's probably what would have happened um <laughs> <laughs> uh, i want to go back you talked about being a norcal kid you grew up in redwood city california how would you describe your childhood good childhood great childhood. sports sports and more sports a lot of sports, but I had a great childhood. You know, my my parents were, you know, hardworking middle class people. My dad was a mechanic and very involved in my whole sport life and just in my life in general. My mother was, you know, the lady that kind of kept everything together, stayed at the house, raised us. There was no crazy struggles, but it was definitely, you know, it was a tough top childhood just because of how my father uh, how demanding he was of of me specifically in my family for achieving greatness at a practice or you know doing you know a spelling you know the spelling words for the week he'd work with me in homework and he was just he'd always push me and and so you know it was tough but I wouldn't be where I'm at without that childhood right you what know? was your what was your go-to sport growing up was it football loved football or initially or no yeah Football. I mean, I, I was I was on the football field when I was in diapers because my brother was seven years older than me. My dad coached him uh, in Pop Warner. He started playing when he was eight. So I grew up on the field around the coaching staffs and, you know, organized football. And it was like the, you know, like the tough guy thing. And I was really good at baseball. I played a lot of baseball, but I, I, I had too much ADD, like especially okay. as a young kid. And I played a lot of basketball as well. But I, I just couldn't, I had to have something I, like my mind would float off in like the middle of the third inning, you know, you're picking <laughs> Daisy and then you have to like focus up and you didn't get that same feeling you felt when you scored a touchdown, like scoring a touchdown when I was a kid, like that was the most electric euphoric feeling. I used to dream about it at night, like on certain things. I could, I still have the same dream, a cutback spin move turn when I, I started dreaming it when I was 11 years old, because this guy Tafo, he told me about it once. And when I was like 11, you got to, if you're in the sideline, you got to stiff arm and then spin off and then keep it going. And I would dream that same dream over it because I loved that, you know, that touchdown feeling. I don't know the other sports. I loved them, but they, they never, nothing compared to my love for the game of football. Mono e mano man versus man, man versus man. So the, the Oklahoma drill, you like the Oklahoma drill. I mean, you don't like the Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma <laughs> drill is fun for a time and place when you're young, but it, I'm right. just saying like, you know, you're playing man coverage. It's, it's literally the, the, you know, this man's trying to cover you using technique, good technique, using your strengths, uh, exploiting their weaknesses and finding that's like a, that's like a puzzle every time you know and then when you get to beat that man he knows you you can beat him every time you know i don't know that's just that 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 got me going when i was a kid and and 
kept it going till uh, now. now. I'm told that in eighth grade that you would sometimes pretend to be Tom Brady. True? <laughs> yeah. Like eight. Yeah. I mean, he was a Bay Area kid. He went to San. He was from San Mateo. I, I lived in Redwood City, which was a town over or a couple towns, San Carlos, Belmont, San, or San Mateo. And he, he, I just loved, he was a scrappy guy. He didn't get drafted in the first round. You know, his whole college story when he was at uh, Michigan where he was battling Hanny because he was the guy that was supposed to come in and make Michigan the best. And all Tom did was just grind and win, grind and win. And I just loved that about him when I was a kid. And he was from the Bay Area. So there was that connection, like you rooted right. for him. And he already had a Super Bowl in 2001. I was in eighth grade. And so, like, in this, on the asphalt to recess, I'd be like, I'm Brady, all-time QB, let's go. <laughs> and so it was, his, it, was, it was his ability to grind and the fact that he had adversity through college and, 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 and getting into the NFL. That's what you admired? I, yeah, he was the underdog. Yeah. He was always the underdog, even when he wasn't the underdog, but he was always treated like the underdog, and he just keep, kept proving people – Still, to this day, that he's not. He's the top dog. He's the alpha dog. And I love that. He, you could tell he had that killer instinct in him. You know, he used to, especially when he was younger, he was getting all fired up and, you know, the TV would ke- catch that. Or, you know, it was just, I liked him. He was a fiery guy. And he reminded me of Montana. I was a Montana guy. Right. I, well, I heard you had two, two dogs growing up. Dwight. What was it? Dwight in Montana. Is that right? Dwight, Tim Dwight. Yeah. Dwight in Montana. We had them for about yeah. eight months until they, they only listened to me and they started biting people and then we had to get rid of them. <laughs> they were like these, they were black lab Doberman pitchers. My parents thought they were like so much. We found out like, it was crazy. My dad's like, yeah, we can't be having this. These guys are nipping. <laughs> okay. You are quarterback for your high school team, barely five feet tall, a hundred pounds. Yet. Your senior season, you lead your team to a 13 and 0 record, 2200 yards, 29 touchdowns, another 13 touchdowns rushing. You're good. I mean, and no nor I mean California football, this is this is legit. And so you might wonder who was recruiting you for college, no one was. Is this right? No one offers you a scholarship? Yeah, zero scholarship. You know, I we had a really good football team. That was uh, in my senior two thousand four uh, at Woodside. Uh, we we had a we had an unbelievable running back by the name of Tyrese Jacks, and so okay. and we had you know really good receivers. Like we, I, I went and poached a bunch of the basketball guys and recruited them to come play football. Dom, Dominic Duncan Cruz, Kenneth Walker. We had Spencer Garrison, who was a track kid who I played football with a lot. So we had like it was like a perfect storm. So. You know, it was really Tyrese was like the show. He was rushing for like two. He was the guy that everyone was looking at. I mean, he was a man child on the football field in high school. You know, and I I was a late bloomer. I was at by that time in my senior year, I was about five, eight, you know, you know, probably a buck 60, buck 50. I I didn't get recruited out of it. But, you know, that all those stats and stuff. I mean, back in those days, you just throw it, throw it as hard high and far as you can to a guy who's six, six, uh, Duncan Cruz. And, you know, you're going to get touchdowns. So you know, we had, a, that was a fun year. And that was one of the, you know, when, you know, you still think about your high school days, 
to go out the way we did. Cause I don't know if you know, the year before our season got canceled, we had a full mutiny on head coach. There's a chant going on in the locker room. It was on like NBC. They covered it like nationwide. Our principal canceled our season with like three games to go because no one would rat on who started like this chant in the locker room. They brought in every single teammate, every single guy and said, and asked, Did, were you in the chant? And everyone said, no. And, and they said, uh, do you know who started the chant? They said, I, I don't know the whole team. So they canceled our season. Wow. So like it was a, that was a perfect storm that, that, that senior year where we just went out and we were so mad. We went out and went 13 and zero, and it was a, it was a great, great way to go out, man. It was so fun. Did you consider giving football up at that point? I did. Uh, not, not at that point. I was in a, you know, I was in an area and I had a lot of friends that, uh, they were all getting their acceptance letters to UC Berkeley and some would go to the party kids would go to Chico state and UC Santa Barbara or Stanford. And, you know, and, and I was in limbo, like, what am I going to do? Do I try to go to junior college to, I mean, uh, you know, you're, you're, I wasn't highly recruited. So, you know, you still have that 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 mindset of when you're going into something unknown, especially when you're that young. And, and, you know, that's a big transition to go from high school to college, whether it's community college or a regular four year college. You know, these next four years of your life uh, are a huge part of building your foundation and what you're going to become. I never thought I wasn't going to play football, but there was an anxiety going into that decision of like, what do I do now? Right. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, you, you go to San Mateo where you do play football. You have a school record for rushing yards. You are still playing quarterback. Does that start to get the attention of schools? Yeah. So I, I ended up going to college in San Mateo. Our head coach, Larry Owens, he was a Redwood City guy. And I I have to admit, I originally wanted to go to College of San Francisco because College of San Francisco was like the big dog junior college in the country. They get a lot of bounce backs, guys that went to like a four year full ride. Something would get happen. You know, kid would get in trouble. They'd have to go to back. Right. This was before the portal days. So that they would go to Juco for a year and then get re-recruited. So you didn't have to lose a year. So you get a lot of those guys that would go to San Francisco and uh, I'm I'm honestly so glad I didn't and because CSM was so me. It was once again an underdog kind of school, a tough group of guys that worked their tails off. And that was instilled through the coaching staff, Coach Owens, Coach Tullick, Coach Pollock. And, uh, you know, it was a it was a team that everyone around the Bay Area was from. You didn't get guys from other states and stuff. So there was a camaraderie uh, between playing in that in that environment, which is the last time you get to play with people you grew around. Right. You know, cause then you go to college, you go to, then you go to like, I went to Ohio after that and you're going to the Midwest and I'm a Bay area kid, a melting pot. There's Polynesians, there's black kids, there's Mexicans, there's Asian kids. You know what I mean? Like then you go to Ohio, right. it's white and black, you know, it's, it's completely different. So like that is a special year in my life because that was the last time I got to play with like my people from where I'm from. You know, and, and that's what CSM was really about. A tough group of guys, young men that are that are like treat it like it's a family. 
you know, once a bulldog, always a bulldog. And that's when I started getting a little notoriety. We had a really successful year. We went to the bulldog bowl and played this guy, Brent Schaefer, who was a really stud quarterback. One of those bounce backs. He was a starting quarterback at Tennessee, came back, played, uh, at college Sequoias, another junior college in Northern California. And we were playing in a bulldog game and we ended up with a win, ended up like number eight in the nation. And then after that, that's when I started getting, you know, a little more attention. I got a lot of attention. You know, I was starting to get letters from Pac-10 schools, Big Ten schools, uh, SEC schools, Big 12 schools. You know, I was getting all these letters, which I, I was ecstatic. You know, no one's ever wanted me. It, it, it probably meant nothing, but I was getting letters. And I like that right. was the biggest high. I wanted to be wanted. You know what I mean? But then these letters kept on saying the same thing. We want you to stay another year. We don't have enough scholarships. You talk to the coaching staff. We don't have scholarships this year. We want you to stay another year and produce that same kind of stat. And then we'll, we'll, we'll take a shot on you. Or they wanted me to change positions. And, you know, then I come back. It was uh, in the winter and we were doing some running as a team and I'm walking up the hill and coach Tullick or Pollock, they're two different guys, but they're the same team <laughs> coaching staff is real. ironic, it's weird. Uh, they came up to me and, and he goes, yeah, there's a school Kent state that uh, wants to talk to you. They, they, they flew in or something. They want to offer you a scholarship and bring you out. And I was like, where's Kent state? Is it? Cause my goal was to play quarterback at a division one level. I'm like, is it D one? Because there was a couple other like D2s and stuff that were coming. And I was like, ah, I'm cool with that. I won't play quarterback at D1. And they're like, yeah, it's D1. It's in the MAC. I was like, what's the, what, who's in the MAC? And they're like, <laughs> you know, like Bowling Green, Miami. And I knew Bowling Green because that's when Brandon, uh, this Jacobs quarterback back in the day, he was in the Heisman hunt, like in that little area of my high school and, and junior college life. He was lighting it up and Ben Roethlisberger went to Miami of Ohio and you knew Ben Roethlisberger. So then I, you know, I, I went and took the visit and, you know, it was a definitely a culture shock of, uh, of everything aesthetically on like how Ohio's up, like built. It's like little hills and, you know, pretty flat and, and just the people and, and very comforting and, and heart of the earth type people. And, you know, it was like I went out there, watched the practice and I was like, hey. I can start right away here. And, you know, I wanted to, that's, I, I ended up committing to there, coach Martin. And, and you wanted to be quarterback. That was it yeah. for you. I wanted to be quarterback. And that, that was, yeah. And that gave you an opportunity. You became three-year starter there at Kent state, a good decision for you to go there. Great decision. Unbelievable decision. Part of my story, part of my foundation, love Kent state university, love Northeast Ohio. I mean, it, I learned a lot in those three years in college, on the field, off the field, you know, perspective of, of how that part of like the country. And, and like, I, I never left California. So that was like a huge thing. I remember my, my mom crying when I left, you know, it was like my third time on a, or second time on a plane. You know what I mean? Like, wow. You know, I, I loved it. And then you think about it football wise, you know, say I did go to a big school, I changed positions right away. Then I'm dependent on a, you know, a quarterback, uh, to throw me a ball, maybe you get eight to 14 targets a game. You go 80% on that. You have six, seven to, you know, nine catches a game or whatever like that. That's balling out in college. You have to do that for three years as a receiver. I had the ball in my hand every single play at Kent State. So either I was distributing it or I was showing my athleticism while running 
or, or just showing that I was a football player. So I, you know, and I learned how to play in the cold. You know, it just so happened I went to a very cold place in New England and I started playing in snow games in Ohio. And, and the weather out there is outrageous, crazy. I mean, I, I, I played in a game against Ohio University at Kent where we had a lightning delay, hail. And then by the end of the game, it started snowing. And then at, like <laughs> at the beginning of the game, it was like hot. It was crazy. I, I never, I never experienced this. I'm, I'm literally it's 75 and sunny where I grew up my whole life. You know, maybe right. it gets to 50, we're, we're throwing on a hoodie, but like, right. You know, it was crazy. So I learned a lot. I met a lot of great people, and I, I honestly loved Ohio, Northeast Ohio, and I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic that it's part of my journey because once again, it goes into that category of that underdog. You know, like Kent State can't read, can't write. Kent State, you know, and, and you go into the locker room in the league and I loved it. I was from Kent State and I'm still in the same locker room with you who you're at Alabama. You went to USC. You went to Oregon. You guys did all that with all that great facilities, all that money. Probably got a pay cut when you came into uh, the pros because you guys were getting paid out then. And I'm still in the same spot. You know what I mean? If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zinn is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zinn won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zinn. Find your Zinn online or in a store near you at zinn.com slash find. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The Nick's anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Nick's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. have an amazing career through high school and then in college, but you're working hard in not the biggest places. Are you thinking you're going to the NFL? Is that always a part of your consciousness? I mean, I hear at some point you thought you were going to become a firefighter after college. I looked into it. Yeah. But are you always thinking about the NFL still and that you can play at that level? At that time in my life, no. Okay. You know, subconsciously, that's your dream. You know, I, when you're when I was an eight year old kid or a seven year old kid, watching Deion Sanders, Jerry Rice, Brent Jones, Ken Norton, coming off the field throwing gloves, I wanted to be that guy. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted. So I obviously it was a dream, but when I was there, were so many things that went on in my life where I like. I hurt my back, my senior high school a little bit. So I go to, you know, that, that was also a part of the story in, in, you know, baseball end up quitting, went to Juco. Juco had to like battle to take out like the first, they had a first string quarterback. And that's like a senior quarterback who started the year before in junior college. Cause it's only two years. So like that was a task. And I wasn't like thinking about anything other than just trying to win the job and then trying to win games and keep this guy off my back. Then I go into CSM and I'm in kind of the same predicament. There's a, you know, a prototypical six foot six gunslinging bounce back guy who played in baseball. He's like 28 years old. I'm like 19 battling against him. So like I had that story narrative that that was in my mind. Then after that, it's just about winning games because of the pressures of, you know, when you get to college, it, the game is it's, it's still a game but there's a lot more on the table. You know what I mean? There's people getting fired if you don't do well. You, you get focused on people that gave you an opportunity to go to the place you're at, trying to work hard and, 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 and repay them through the results you try to put on the field. You know, so then I was dealing with that. And after that, I'm trying to make the NFL. Am I going to be a, this? Am I going to be that? So like, I always in my life have always had to worry about what's on my plate right now. And it's always served me to the best. And, it, you know, in grand in like the grand scheme of things, it's probably the best. So then it keeps me, you know, blinded up. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like the right time to talk about 
you have a connection. I mean, we talked about you have Dwight and Montana, your dogs that you unfortunately ended up having to give away. You also have a connection being from the Bay Area and you live around Jerry Rice. Now, I understand you dated Jerry's daughter when you were in high school. In fact, you took her to prom. Is that I went right? To her prom. Is that right? I went to her. I went to her. Prom. You went to her prom. Okay. Yeah. So she invited you to her prom. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And then when you were in college, my understanding is, is that you said the following, that you needed to get addicted to the Jerry Rice mentality and that you needed to work hard. You needed to get up before everyone else and outwork them. And there was a hill that he made famous in, in Redwood City that he would run up for training and you would start training on this hill. Is that right? When you would come home from college? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Me and Jaqui, we've, you know, we were little kids we were from eighth grade to like high school and, you know, dear friend and, you know, little puppy love. So that was always fun. And, and that was a fun experience and an unbelievable thing. And she's an unbelievable person and they're a great family that I, you know, I was around a little bit, but as far as coming back from college, you know, I, and, and really taking on the mindset, because then you, at that time I was really researching, you know, great people and who, who, who more than, than Jerry Rice, who I right. witnessed, you know, in his forties, catching a thousand, you know, catching a hundred ball or a th- going for a thousand yards in his forties. I mean, the, the, um, longevity, the discipline, the sacrifice, uh, and the hard work that he put in. And there was like a documentary that I watched. It was like an older one. And I saw that hill and everyone knew Edgewood Park over there on the border of San Carlos and Redwood City. There was like a three mile trek that you could do. And there was also a hill at Kenyatta College. It was a junior college at the top of the hill in Redwood City. And it was like a I don't know if my mask's on, but like, it was probably like a a 60 degree pitch. Okay. And you would go from like, it was sand to hard to like hard. And then you have, it was probably like a hundred to 150 yards up. So it's not like a, a 30 yard, you know, thing. And so, yeah, I would go out there and, and I would try to outwork people and, 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 you know, run that hill because that's what Jerry Rice did. And then when I became a receiver, you know, catching bricks, that's what Jerry Rice did. You know, you hear that. And, and, and now you're seeing all these, these in, to transition on a completely different uh, tangent. And now that's why you're seeing the receiver position transition into the NFL faster than ever. It used to take some time. Right. But I think with the information that these kids have on how to practice, what to practice, what to eat, how to recover – like all these things you could learn on social media and with the information that you have in your palm. I remember like going and like stealing a DVD of this Jerry Rice thing and throwing that in. And like you saw him like running this hill with like, I think Ricky Waters was in the background or something. And like, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That Despite you working hard, you don't get an invitation to the combine in 2009, but your shuttle drill time was faster than anyone else who was there. Now you don't get invited to the combine, 
you've graduated with all these unbelievable numbers from Kent State. What what are you thinking in your head? Are you are you getting drafted or is your football career done? What what are you thinking? Well, at that time I was committed. You know, the, the time okay. I was in lim- limbo was like immediately after my last game of college. You know, there's like a you know, what is that? That's you end in we never went to a bowl game, so we'd end in like November. Early right. end of November. November, early December, and then like you have a couple months to see what you're going on and, and, and that's what happens. So that was the time where like I went and visited a firehouse in Cincinnati and you know, you're just kind of throwing shit at a wall and seeing what st- sticks. Oh, can you swear on here? I'm sorry. Yeah. You can say whatever you oh, want. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what I was doing with, with that. When I was doing like my train, once I went to training and once I, 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 I started really, taking it to a whole nother level as far as like I was how much I slept, how much I ate training twice a day, trying like doing everything, going to class at night. Every time I compounded a week of that, my confidence went higher and higher. And then once I didn't get invited to the combine, that pissed me off, you know? So that was, that made me mad. and, And that made my pro day that much more important. So then it gave me more time to compound hard work you know, all the consistent things that I was doing to go out and perform on that day that I had to for the scouts. That gave you extra motivation? I mean, it, it, I already had the motivation, but it was like, all right, that's that's lame. We get it. Cool. <laughs> you know, all right, what? I went to a Mac. I, I rushed for like 1,500 yards that year. I threw for like almost 2,000 my senior year in college, and you're not going to let me come to the combine? It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Because I'm at Matt at the Mac. Right. No. Are are you are you thinking at all at this point that you're still gonna be a quarterback? No. By this point, okay. I hired my agent Don Yee from Yee and Dubin Sports and uh he instilled a lot of confidence in me and, and you know, with what Don said to me and, and he's seen a lot of football players over his career of representing guys and you know, you got to be kind of a talent agent when you're an agent. And he kind of pumped me up. And once he started doing that, you know, then I was working out and I, I linked up with Charlie Fry. He was a starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns at the time. And he was just transitioning to the Raiders. He was starting at the Raiders. And he trained at the same facility I did in Euclid, Ohio, which was like on this. It was like a Rocky Four training montage video when you rolled up to this place like potholes on the side of a freaking like railroad track and like i don't know anything about cleveland because that's the only place i went to cleveland i usually stayed right. in camp but it, I, I was thinking it had to be the rough area of cleveland and like i loved it it was just like a grind and he went there and so we linked and so i started working with him and he was giving me insight of like just as a quarterback what quarterbacks like in and out of their receivers do they like flat to downhill on in cuts doing this. And he, you know, he worked with me, which, you know, I'm in debt to him for a long time. Cause he was a starting quarterback, taking a shot on a guy that he said, ah, oh, you know, this guy works hard. Uh, let me, let me rub off and, and throw with him. And, you know, I would just be in his back pocket and ask him questions and let him talk. And, you know, that helped me a huge and he'd come and throw at my, my workouts so that we had a built in timing and stuff. And he kind of taught me a little, the beginning stages of running routes. And uh, yeah, that's, that's when I started playing quarterback or uh, receiver 
but I got worked out by some teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers where they wanted, they worked me out as a safety. They wanted me to see me do some safety drills. Uh, the Patriots initially sent their running backs coach and put me through running back drills. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys were curious, especially in that year, 2009. I don't know if you remember in 2008, that's when the whole wildcat right. fad came, you know, the Patriots got blown out by, Miami and the Wildcat. So everyone, you know, you get these little trends in the NFL. And, and that was like, who who could be like a throwing type running back for right. a potential package? And that's when my stock started raising. Interesting. Do you have any idea before the draft who who's really interested? So I had in my mind who I thought was interested. And then, right. you know, so draft day comes and First day, not going first day. First day, no. So I didn't even watch the first day. So back then, there was only two days of draft. Now there's like three or four. You know what I mean? It starts on yeah. Thursday, Friday. But I was on day two, which is like the late rounds. And about this, you know, I, I went on and you go. So the process goes, you, you do your combine, pro day, work out individually for teams. Teams fly you out for visits to meet with their doctors, to talk with their upper department like their uh, GMs and see the facilities and they just kind of want to pick your brain and then the draft comes now I did like seven workouts I did like five or four trips and like so everyone gauges like how many trips you go on you potentially get drafted you know yeah you're probably gonna get drafted if you went on like four four more trips you know what I mean like so as late round guys that's what you're thinking about you're talking to guys and I went on a visit to Miami and I like I was like, man, this is my first time in Miami, Florida. And you go out there and you see the facility, you see like the work life. Like, man, I see like Joey, uh, Joey Porter, Joey Porter's hitting like golf balls in the practice field. There's like pre-made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and like a cool like cafe. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. And they brought me in there. You know, they, they, they test me and they worked me out a bunch. And so. I thought there was some interest with Miami, especially with the Wildcat. And then I went to Chicago, and then I went to a couple other spots, San Francisco, which I it was like a regional thing. But I originally thought Miami potentially might get me. But in like the first day, the second round, they, they got Pat White, and I'm like, well, that's gone because he was like a running <laughs> quarterback. I'm like, right. oh, well, well they can't, they're not going to draft two guys, are they? Like, so I'm like, that's gone. And then the sixth round starts coming and there's a bunch of there's a you start getting calls from teams for like a priority free agent. We had like four or five teams call that like, hey, we're not going to draft you. But if you go undrafted, we'll give you twenty thousand dollars to sign with us and we'll bring you to camp. And so the sixth round ends and I'm talking with my agent. And, you know, I'm kind of sad. I wanted to get drafted, you know, because now I'm just starting to get all these deals. But then we turn on a different cap and I'm like, all right, now we got to focus on what, what's our plan of action going forward. We put down the teams and we decided, you know, the Packers were a team that wanted to, you know, offer me a contract. I was like, well, you know, we, me and my agent came up with a decision that that would probably be the best fit. So we're talking. He goes, all right, if we go undrafted, we'll sign with the Packers. Uh, we'll take their offer up and we'll, we'll go there. They don't have a slot. They don't have this. They don't have a punt returner at the time. And uh, that's our deal. And then it's, it's right before I'm about to hang up, Don 
which is Brady's agent. So he's dealt with the Patriots and he's got like a little, you know, you know what I mean? He, he knows how to handle, he knows like certain tactics and he's seen it for at that time, 12 straight years, you know, with Brady. Right. And he goes, you know, the Patriots did. And the, but the Patriots didn't bring me in for a visit. They worked me out twice and they drilled me on the chalkboard the second time. I'm like, oh, these guys hate. I'm like, I call protections here and there in college as a quarterback, but like, I don't know. I'm over here making shit up. I'm like, yeah, this is open front. Uh, this guy comes, he swings out, you know, and, and Ivan Fears is, he's testing me. He's like, what the fuck? You call it that? Or I'm like, yeah, it's inverted. You know what I mean? I'm trying. So, so, I'm over here like they fucking hate me. They think I'm dumb. And all of a sudden, <laughs> right before I'm about to hang out with my agent after making the decision on the Packers, he goes, you know, the, the Patriots did trade and get another seventh round pick. I, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, picked you up. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. You know, and then later on in the, the la- later part of the seventh round, uh, you know, I got the call and they, they picked me and Don was right. And that was history. How uh, how excited were you to be one to be drafted and two to be going to a team a, a real contending team at that point in the middle of their dynasty? I mean, I was I was very excited. You know, I mean, that was a, that's like a dream when you're you're that's the dream you had when you're a kid is to get to experience that with your family, your friends. You know, get in to go out and get an opportunity to play in the National Football League, throw on the helmet, get free towels, free socks. Like I went to Kent State. We had to pay for, like, protein shakes in our locker room. We had a vending machine, okay? You know what I mean? Like, all the little things. Like, it just – I thought it was so cool. Like, that was so pro. That was, like, a word we used to say. Like, if a guy looked good and he was all, like – you know, Jerry Rice, he was, like, a professional. Always had his little towel and – you know what I mean? Like – you're going to get to become potentially a pro. But then, you know, how my mind works, I instantly started thinking, well, I talked to my, my agent and he goes, well, you didn't make the team yet. You know, you just got drafted. Right. And so then I started, you know, looking it up and like seventh rounders barely make teams. You know, there's, there's already a long shot. So then you instantly go into, you know, the mindset, well, now everyone, all my friends, all my family, they're all happy. Now you got to go out and you got to go put the work in. You got to go do it. Yeah. How different was the work uh, when you started training camp and started working with them from the work that you'd been doing on your own? Completely different. I was training just to get like good times. And you know what I mean? Like when you're training for the combine or you're training for your pro day, you're training for the drills that you're getting tested on. That's completely different than having football legs, especially for a guy that's never been in a full practice as a receiver or a special teams guy. I was a fucking quarterback. I was like 30% of the periods in college. I'm sitting there playing goalpost throws with fucking the quarterbacks while the special teams goes defense. You know what I mean? Like quarterback schedule is completely different or doing drills. You're throwing a lot. You know what I mean? Your, your legs don't get tired. (laughs) As a quarterback, I remember I would run and get so tired and like, man, I have to go do this again. I don't know if I could. I, got, I might as well just throw this one in the league. Like when you become a receiver, you're running all practice long. I was never used to that. So I had to like learn that you have to get your football. I was dead. I was shot. Like I was so my, my rookie training camp. And that's when we had double days. So you had run, run practice 
run game in the morning, pass in the afternoon. It was hot, muggy in, in Boston. I mean, it was completely different. I mean, it just was, it was something that I've, I've never been used to the amount of yardage you were putting on your legs at a high, you know, high, at a higher velocity. And I was on everything. I was on, you know, punt, punt, return, kickoff, kickoff, return, backup holder in, on field goal, field goal block. You know, when you're a rookie trying to make the team, you barely play offense. I would get like three reps and then you go play like after practice. They would put like the guy, the newcomers and you guys get to scrimmage each other. You know what I mean? Which is a pivotal point in your improvement process because you're getting those reps. But, you know, that's compounded on top of a full fucking practice where you're on scout team doing all the scout team reps. You're doing you, know, you get three reps when the, the starting receivers tired. Then you got to go. Oh, the whistle blew. I'm, what am I on? Is it fucking punt? punt ret- like, it's just like a whole nother. <laughs> it is crazy. And, you, and you, you're trying to make a team and you're in the New right. England Patriots. There's a fucking there's a standard. You know, it's it was one of the most stressful. And then you get home at night. You have to study in your room because you're learning a new language. You know, when you when you learn football, especially there's like three systems, four systems. I was in, you know, kind of a West Coast type offense in college. This was completely different. That takes a lot. You know, you really have to compute that. And guys that don't, they're not there. You know, it doesn't matter how. How good you are, how fat if you can't get lined up right and know the fucking snap count, you're gone. You know what right. I mean? That's a lot when you have to compute that. All right, what's the formation? What's the personnel? What's the play? Who am I on this play? Uh, what's the coverage? What's because uh, everything changes, you know. So the, the ability to process that's a lot of stress for a young football player in this league. That's why, you know, I feel for a lot of these younger guys. You see, I'm watching training camps right now. You watch these guys that are like, you know, they're all over the place because there's so much going in these guys' mind. When you're a young guy, a late round to undrafted guy, you're not like the first rounder who's over here laughing, drinking water because, you know, he's getting paid. Like, you're sitting here like a, a cornered animal back against the wall. I'm doing everything I can to make this team. You know what I mean? Competing. And it was like a whole new experience. And you're trying to work harder than everybody else, right? That's, that's the philosophy. That's, that's what the work that you put in and that's what you're doing there, right? The rabbit got to be the rabbit who everyone's chasing with conditioning, you know, going to the drill to drill when the whistle blows, you're running. Like you got to expend a lot more energy if you're trying to be seen. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. At what point through OTAs and training camp, at what point do you feel like you're going to have a job? You're going to have a spot? Or was it not until the very end? I felt like I made some ground after the first preseason game. Tom Brady, the year before, missed the complete season, tore his ACL. Matt Castle had his year. That year, he went on to Kansas City. So this was Tom's first game, Lincoln Financial Field, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 2009 August 17th I don't know if that date is right but it sounds like in that there could be like a four game window where it's off on there well it was against the Eagles and it was in 2009 I have that done but I don't have the date but go ahead and so you know this is Tom's first game back and so he's I mean when you have a, a big time injury like an ACL which I've had through my experience those first couple games man you you could do all the rehab but there's no live bullets you ain't getting hit. You know what I mean? So there's a psychological battle. There's a psychological hump that you have to overcome through the play of the game after a huge injury. And and the whole team, you know what I mean? It's Tom Brady. 
So the whole team's feeling a little edgy on our first preseason game because we were about to get some clock because we wanted to, you know, we wanted to see where we're at. We get a game time decision. Welker's not playing. That was his backup all camp and well in, in camp. And also Scotty O'Brien, special teams coordinator, he comes up to me pregame. He says, all right, we're going to have you cover a kick. We're going to have you cover kicks. You're going to return punts. You're gonna, we're going to start you at punt returner. And like the whole time in camp, I really wasn't. So like they wanted to see me. So I was starting at receiver. I was starting on kickoff, kickoff return and punt first game. So electric. I it was, I was so excited for this game, but so focused and like kind of very nervous and first play of the game on kickoff. I make a tackle. Awesome. Great. And then we go three and out. Uh, then we, we, they score or something. And then first play of offense, Tom gives me a swing signal and he hits me on his first throw coming back from the ACL. And so like, and then I had like five catches in that game. I was getting open a little bit, you know, things were starting to pay off. And I, at that point, you know, you go against the same guys over and over, they learn your tendencies and I didn't know how to run routes yet. So I didn't know what my tendencies were even fucking at at the time. So in camp, I'm getting covered. But then you're learning new stuff in the game against guys that don't know you and you're making plays. And then finally, you know, they, they go back on defense and we go back on defense. They punt a, a kick and I returned a punt for a touchdown, a, like a 75 yarder. And, after, you know, like after that game, my confidence got higher and I, it, it wasn't like I was going to make the team. But I, I thought to myself, I looked into myself as like, I can play here. I can play in this league. I'm going to be I'm going to be all right. I didn't know if I was making the team because I ended up getting hurt the next I sprained my ankle next week. So after that, like, was that enough to make the team? Oh my God, am I gonna make the team? I don't know. I've seen, you know what I mean? You just never know. But the versatility that I showed throughout camp and preseason, you know, I I had a lot of backups to guys, you know, so I could back guys up. So that made the versatility is what ultimately kept me on the team. Yeah. The Patriot way. When, when when are you introduced to the Patriot way? Is it right away or is this a gradual way that you learn? First day. First day. Read the sign when you walk in. There's a sign with there's a sign when you walk in, be attentive, work hard, put the team first, do your job. On the sign out, when you leave the facility, there's a sign out. Don't believe the hype. Speak for yourself. Ignore the noise and always put the team first. Like you walk in the building, you see the sign, you see all the trophies, you see the pictures, and you see Tom Brady's pictures, Wes Welker, Randy Moss. Two years ago, they were 18 and one. I mean, this is a fucking big time team. You know, and then you go into the, the auditorium, you know, coach addresses the whole the rookies because this is rookie camp. You go in there. It's like Darth Vader walks in or like God <laughs> or something. When Bill, because like everyone's like, those everyone, are two everyone, different things. Those are two uh, yeah. different things. God yeah, and Darth good. Vader, but okay. <laughs> no, but d- definitely Darth Vadery. Okay. He walks in and like there's a little chatter guy, you know, everyone's kind of excited. There's like 16 and the whole team's not there. This is just rookies. It's like 16 guys and there's all the coaches up in the back and there's like there's like they're not coach, they're like coach assistants. They're guys that are trying to become coaches. But they're like little do boys, so they got to do everything. They got to turn on the lights and fucking get everything ready. And all of a sudden, like, in all of a sudden, uh, one of the coaches' assistants he comes comes over to the middle of the auditorium, puts the podium, goes, sits down. Everyone sits down. 
and and fucking Bill walks in, the lights like shine up, place gets completely silent. And all of a sudden, he he singles someone out. He's, I think he singled uh it was probably Chung. He'd always single out the you know the first round guy because you know hey you're not you're not a first rounder anymore. You're all trying to make this team. And he goes, who's that on the wall? Because all the walls had all these like moments of last year of players making cool plays. And he shows a picture of Logan Mankins. He goes, who's that? Or, or Matt Light, one of the two. And he goes, I, I don't know. And he, he goes, you don't fucking know? I don't know if it was Pat. I don't know who he singled out. But he goes, you mean to tell me you're a rookie? You've never even played in the game. And you're gonna. this guy's going to be sitting here and Three weeks, you're not gonna know his fucking name. After that, everyone went to like the guy who he's in the operations guy. Give me a printout of like of everyone's name, everyone like in the fucking cafeteria, people around the hallways, people are like study, like you know what I mean. He wouldn't like pick on a guy, but he would. What he would do was he would he would he would let everyone know that everyone is accountable for everything. You know what I mean? Which that's like. You're on edge. Your shoulders are back whenever he walks in the room because you never know if he's going to test you. What do you, you know? So like, especially your young guy, first time, first team meeting that, that, and that's when you like, oh yeah, it's done differently here. And then a couple weeks later, you start seeing the veterans come in and you see how they work. You see the time they put in, you know, it's not like, you know, the superstars are over here dilly dacking around. They're, they're working their asses off. They're doing things to get better. You know what I mean? And that, you know, I, there's no specific fucking playbook of the Patriot way. You just see it through actions of people that have been there. You know, Teddy Bruschi walks in and it's Teddy Bruschi still working his ass. Kevin Falk, Tom Brady, Randy Moss, Wes Welker, you know, like these are studs. These guys went 18 and one last year. I was still like a little kid. So like, it was like, all right, yeah, that's the Patriot way. When you see the, the the top of the top working their tail off, holding every holding themselves accountable, being reliable, being dependable. Do you eventually develop a relationship with Coach Belichick that you're able to relax? Is there is there a point in time once you learn how it's done and you become one of the older guys? Does that happen ever? Or is it always the yeah, same? It- it happens a little bit here. Yeah, it happens. But I mean, he he'll still get on you if you don't if you're not. Didn't matter who you were if you weren't producing and if you did something wrong, and you need to be coached, he can coach you. You know, which I don't know how you know like, but it got to a point where I could walk by him and like in the hallway and like, hey coach, like I'd always give him like one of those, hey coach, <laughs> and he's just like, fucking Elman. Yeah, <laughs> I got, but I don't, that was like year eight. Right. That was after like eight, eight years. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. That long. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, you could tell when like he would dick with you. That means right. you're not with, you're not in the, the game, but like, like, like little things. It's very hard to explain. Right. It could be a look. It wouldn't. It didn't even have to be any words. It could be a look, or a smile, a grin. Yeah, that there's like a lot of nonverbal communication that goes on. Interesting. That's going on all the time. Brady now has referred to as his security blanket. 
his little brother. This is a guy you looked up to and pretended to be when you're a kid. Who were you more nervous or intimidated to, to meet and work with Bill or Tom? Bill, I was more like scared and nervous. That's the coach. You know, Tom okay. was like, I mean, you, you'd feel that same. You never want to let anyone, when you let someone, like when you do like a mental error, ME on a player, you didn't do something the way it was. I felt like I was getting cut in those early years. You know what I mean? You, you don't want to disappoint him because ultimately, you know, as a quarterback, if the guy can't do it in practice, he ain't going to do it in the game. So you're limited on opportunities, especially as a seventh round guy. So you know, you're definitely nervous. But to meet Tom and, and you know, be around him, that was just kind of like Dan Boy. Okay. A little, little fan, little like, oh man, what's up, Tom? Hey, how you doing? <laughs> like, I, 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 the first time I met him, I'm running to like a special teams, like pre meeting, like a meeting pre, pre meeting. A guy would have to go to like the special teams coach like 15 minutes before the meeting or like sometimes even hours before the meeting. And like he would explain everything in the meeting to me. And then I have to, you know, like he just wanted that. He, he was my guy, Scotty. He, he was looking out. That's a way of a guy looking out for you. He's preparing, you know, he was going to give me the meeting for the meeting. So I, it was just reiteration, reiteration, reiteration. Give this kid a shot. If he knows his shit, he's going to be able to play. So I love that, that he did that. But I had to go to so many meetings. I'm running in with the fucking like three and a half inch binder with the playbook because we didn't have iPads back then at, at that time. Went to iPads like two or three years later. And, uh, I'm running through like a chicken with my head cut off. I'm going to be like, I'm going like five minutes early to the pre pre meeting because you know, it, you're trying to make a team. I'm running over and, and through the gates, to the locker room or the doors, Tom walks in and I'm like, I, and I like drop my binder. I'm like, Oh <laughs> shit, Tom Brady. He's like, he knew, he like knew my name. He goes, Julian, Tom. I'm like, nice to meet you, Tom. Try to play it cool. But but you're like the nerdy kid in, in school who drops his binder on the ground. Like Mc, oh, like McLovin. Remember he t- just tells the time? Yeah. 11.30 <laughs> when he's following the, ch- the little girl or whatever. Oh, that's Full. so good. I got like, I got like, like, uh, and then I had to go back and go to the meeting. I was like, ter- I like, made my day. Met Tom Brady. Right. You, you were, I mean, you did so much for the team. I mean, not only all of this stuff uh, during your career, you end up playing some safety when, when you guys need it. Was that fun for you? Nickel playing on defense corner corner. Yeah. Oh, corner. Okay. It was nickel. So it's the third corner that comes in and plays the slot defender. That was all. I, I had a blast. That was fun. Um, you know, it, delivering a hit is sometimes better than receiving a hit. I'm sure it yeah. is. And it was just a fun experience. It brought I, I hadn't played defense since Pop Warner. Literally. And I was a quarterback and then Bill one meeting or one day Josh Boyer, who's the defensive coordinator for he's the defensive coordinator somewhere, right? Somewhere right now. I should know that. I'm an analyst. <laughs> 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 but he comes up to me pre-game, like we were going, we were going through guys, like guys are getting hurt. That's the thing about the league, man. It's it's 53 guys, but there's a hundred percent injury rate. And you know, you're going through guys, guys coming off the street and he goes, Hey, come up to me before team meeting. He goes, you're going to be with us today. I'm like, what? What do you mean I'm going to be with you? He goes, Hey, you're going to be with us. Nickel. We're going to throw you in nickel a couple things. See what you can do. I was like, Oh shit. 
So it was fun. I loved it. It was it was a it was a it was so fun. Honestly, defense is different. You could run around and hit people, and you know, like if you know conceptually what the offense, like I could cheat because I knew concepts down and distance. Not cheat, but I was just very informed on like situational type offensive play. So it helped me. And then you know, going back to offense. It helped me too to sit in meetings and learn the techniques of the defensive backs and what they're trying to do at the line of scrimmage and what they're trying to do once they're in phase, out of phase, you know, on co- certain coverages. I was learning, so it was it was honestly it was it was a great thing for my progression to the player I became. Yeah, you know that's actually really interesting. I've talked to some other guys in the league about that. That having the perspective of the other side, in other words, as an offensive player you have a sense of what the defense is doing and and how to beat them in some ways better than guys who are exclusively defensive players, right? And what you're looking at from the other side gives you the ability in some way to know and read what's effective on the other side of the ball, right? Yes, sir. And that, And that's what... You know, you see a lot of that, like with coaches, when you see like I, I, I referenced the coach's assistant who's like the coffee guy. So a lot of the times in, when they're early on in their life, like Matt Patricia did this, who's you know technically an offensive line coach this year for the New England Patriots. But he started he wanted to be a defensive coach. I think Bill sent him to offense and he had to learn the offensive line first. And they, he crossed he crossed teaches them. You know, so he has to stick on offense for two or three years, learn offense, and then he throws them back on defense. He's done that with a few different coaches, you know, and I got to have that kind of like experience through a player, which was, you know, awesome. Yeah. I mean, look, we could talk all day about your career with the Patriots. You end up at the end of your career being the number two player in the history of the NFL to... Jerry Rice, who helped teach your work ethic in both yards and receptions in the playoffs. You win three Super Bowls with the New England Patriots, Super Bowl 49, 51, and 53. Super Bowl MVP with, I don't know, I, I, I read that it was over half of the receiving yards. It felt like you were the entire offense in Super Bowl 53 uh, against the Rams. Just a an unbelievable career, but Super Bowl Fifty One. I want to talk about just really briefly when you're down so big to the Falcons. By the way, my hometown team, who have Atlanta. yet to win a Super Bowl, Atlanta, a- SMU, the SMU. Pony Express. <laughs> Hail no to pony the red th- and the blue, my friend. Yes, when you said to Tom what you said to him at halftime, did you believe you could come back? Honestly, I did. I knew it was going to be tough and I knew the percentages were down. But like, first off, there's never really a there hasn't been a blowout in a Super Bowl in a while. I mean, there was in kind of 13 with Denver and Carolina, but ain't going to blow us out. Okay, you're not going to blow. We're we're a hard like we're a mentally tough football team. There's going to be some things to happen, which we, we help produce a lot of the production of the Atlanta Falcons through turnovers, a pick six, you know what I mean? Like we gave them a lot, but we also were moving the ball and we were doing things. There are a couple things we were doing well, 
but if we were tightened up a little bit here and there, you know, we didn't get to really see much of our defense. We were, we were setting them up for shitty uh, field position a bunch, and they were like, they didn't really get to open up their game plan. So once we got back on track after that resettlement of halftime, you know, being a rah-rah guy, yeah, we're going to do it, this, that, and first third down, I drop a third down. Like I would have been, I, I probably would have broke a tackle and had, it was a man coverage, a little under route, and I was under, gone, I had him, you know, and after that, I was like, fuck, you know, we, that's going to be tough. This is going to be tough now. And then, you know, things started, and everyone kept on saying, you can't win the game with one play. You, you can't go out. One play is not winning a game. So why don't we just try to do our job? Why doesn't everyone, if we all do our job collectively, the unit will win each, every play. And we'll see where we go from there. And, and that's what started happening. You know, you, you start, you started feeling momentum coming our way. And we, we started, everyone started honing in. Everyone did put a little extra into their mental capacity of like, all right, Hey, I need to just do this. Let's go to our fundamentals of each and every play. If this happens, we know this, there's, 30% chance of this happening. There's 60% chance of this happening. Let's like, let's hone, let's hone it in and let's do it. And, and, you know, we went out and we did it. It was crazy. And watching that game, it's still crazy, but that was that team's mind. You know, I've played on some really crazily strong, mentally strong football teams. And, and to, to see that one, that team, that 2017 year, like, to be down that far and, and to, especially in the Super Bowl to go, we, we've been down a bunch. Like I kept on thinking of like back when we were playing 13, we were playing uh, Cleveland. We needed like two scores and like a minute and 30. And we somehow won that game, you know, and then Denver was up 24 on us in, in 13. And we came back and won that game at half after the half. We had like these comeback wins. So I was like, like we can do this. Like you're playing all scenarios in your head. And I also had some thoughts like, damn, we ain't going to do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like it's bouncing back and forth. And and the thing that ultimately keeps your mind in the right place is when what, you know, the coaches always preach Just think about what you got to do for your job. Yeah. Is your catch with a couple minutes to go that ends up tying the score uh, shortly after, is that the greatest catch in Super Bowl history? I don't know. There's some good catches. There's some, you know, Julio had an unbelievable toe tap. Matt Ryan, that, that toe tap, like outbreaking route, like a 30-yard ball down the field on the sideline, jumps over, hand in face. That was a great catch. The helmet catch is a really good – there's some been really good catches. You know, to, to be even put in that category or to even be asked that question, I'll take that. You didn't answer. <laughs> Just pointing it out. Just pointing it out. My my um, Patriots deception didn't work. Oh yes. Oh gosh. It's no. You don't have to do the Patriots way anymore. They're not paying you. Bill's not going to come walking in the room and give you shit. No, you can answer the question now. Although <laughs> no, that's a really I, good callback. I honestly think that, I don't know. It's hard to put one on. Okay. All right. Fine. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. 
It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zen won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. I have another Super Bowl question for you. In Super Bowl 49, the end of the game, did you think Marshawn was getting the ball? And were you One, were you surprised or glad that he didn't? Uh, D, all of the above? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's Marshawn Lynch. You know, a lot of people fail to, to, to mention Dante Hightower on the play right before that play where he brought down Marshawn Lynch while taking on a blocker 
the play right before the pick saved the game, you know, and, and that was probably the reason why, because we, we threw in our personnel group that was like straight run, like run gun, we're blitzing every, you know what I mean? It was one of those all out blitzes and uh, thank God they didn't. Yeah. Thank God they didn't. You don't know the butterfly effect on that one. Yeah. <laughs> as, uh, as I mentioned, you win the MVP in Super Bowl 53 uh, of all of your of all the games with the Patriots of all of the the moments the plays do you have one that stands out above all else ah i mean the super bowl 53 the hill i had to climb that year was fucking gnarly you know i i tear my acl i get suspended and like i said after an acl it, you know, those traumatic injuries, especially a guy that has to run, like you're learning how to, like that was a huge thing. In my, I was like, thir- I was in my, it's not like I was 22. You know what I mean? Right. It, you know, I had a lot of things going on, on the field, off the field to end that. That was the hardest year of my life. And to end it the way our team got to, and then I got to, it was, you know, that, that was such a, an awesome experience and something great for like me as a, as a person to, to, to know, you know, like you always, I've been through some lot of adverse situations, but you got to continually do those kind of things. You got to continue. It's not, Oh, it's not easy. You know, when people always, some people will come to you and say like, man, it's so crazy. This, your story, this, that, well, there's going to be like 10 other stories that you have to, you know, continually do. And anytime you get to chalk up a win, it's hard to win, you know, in anything. And, and, you know, to win that with my folks there, my family, my daughter, like that was amazing. That was like one of the happiest days of my life. Just, just through the, like the, the pressure, like it was just a, lo- a long year. That was like a really tough year, like mentally, emotionally. It was, uh, you know, you're not feeling physically right. Cause you don't, you don't become like, that's a process when you tear your ACL. Like you're, you can go out and play in like eight months, nine months. Like you can run routes. I can look good. But can you continually compound and have this like endurance to go out and like each week, like you're, you feel like crap. You can't walk till Thursday. Then you, you come back and you, you get ready for the next week. And like then at the end of the year, you're starting to feel like your knees getting better a little bit. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're putting that yardage on your leg. Your, your body's adapting. And like it was that was the, that was cool. And the way we did it, too, is we weren't supposed to win it. And. That was awesome. It wasn't my favorite, but that's one of my favorite moments. Not necessarily the win, but like that feeling after with my folks, my right. family. Yeah. Once again, overcoming adversity. I've uh, I've noticed on your social media, you, you it's possible you're a, a, a little bit of a fan of a television show called The Office. We had in our seventh year, near the end, we had Steve Carell, Michael Scott leave the show. Talk to me a little bit about your feelings when Brady leaves for the Buccaneers in 2020. I mean, it was at that time, like it was tough. You know, you become really like we spend more time with, with the guys in that locker room, especially in those, those months in the season. I mean, we're putting in 13, 14 hour days, you know, you, you know people, and it's not just like the on-field stuff. It's the off-the-field stuff. You like going to work with people you love and that, that make you better. You know, like that having that and, and 
you know, it was a mixed emotions though. You wanted him and his family to be happy and, and satisfied with everything. And, and so it's, that's a part of this game. It sucks. But every year, regardless of the team, there's going to be new coaches. There's going to be new players. And I never thought like that would be hard because we were so accustomed to that. But that was that was hard. You, you, it's one of your best. It's my one of your best friends, a guy that has done so much for you in your in in my life. A lot of guys for that organization. You know that was a very that was that was tough. But then instantly you turn on. Well, like now we got to go out and get a. We got to go find a way to win without them. And we didn't do right. much of that that year. <laughs> right. If you were a character in the office, who would you be? I'd probably be you. <laughs> Secretly, everyone thinks, oh, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. But, you know, I know how you got that money to buy that bar at the end. You were embezzling the whole time. You were the smartest <laughs> one there. Oh, all right. Well, listen, that's a theory. That's a, that's a theory, Julian. That's I don't a theory. Know. I I just came up with that. Who would who would Tom be? Uh, Dwight. No. Uh, yeah. No. Could could I see it? Yeah. What about what about what about Bill? Corral. What's his name? Uh, Mike. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. Yeah. He probably would. I don't know. Bill, Bill's his own guy. It's hard to put. He's his own character. I yeah. couldn't put one on him. He's but he's the he's the world's best boss, right? <laughs> Self-proclaimed. Who said that? So no, I'm just saying he's the world's uh, best boss, right? Like that's Michael Scott. He's got the mug that says "world." So that means it's self-proclaimed yeah, yeah. from him. Yeah, I, I I I'm a little nervous talking about Bill lately. Honestly, okay. just because I'm, I've been doing it too much and I'm, I got to okay. go to a practice here soon. And I know uh, for because he's already gave me one of the, the talks like, how come I turn on the fucking TV and <laughs> I see you impersonate me all the time? Like he gave me one of those. And I'm, yeah, I, just, I still love the guy. Yeah. No more. No more. Yeah, no, yeah. no more. Imper- you're done with impersonating him. I hear you have a hell of an impersonation. I got I got to put it on hold. Yeah, I got. I got to put it on until hold. You see him. Yeah, makes sense. I got to feel his vibe the next time I see him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I already, I already gave a couple after the last time I saw him, and he already said that what I just said, like poking a little fun at me. But I don't know if it's really fun. Is it fun? Is he joking? Is he not joking? Is he throwing a like a a mind trick on me? Is he using the force? Like this dude's bull. <laughs> I we got some cards behind there. Something. There's a card behind there. There's a card you don't know. I am fascinated to see what happens with the Patriots this year. Fascinated. It's Me too. it's it'll be very very interesting. The no offensive coordinator who's calling plays thing. Is this a Jedi mind trick or does it fail? And I'm not even asking you. I'm just saying I personally, me, I'm not putting this on you. I'm not asking you to say anything. I'm saying I'm fascinated to see how it how it plays out. I am too. I mean, this is, yeah. this is a big challenge. This is, you know, and, and, but who would you, I mean, who knows this guy's coach Belichick's probably like, I need this challenge. 
I'm going to see. I'm gonna, you know what I mean? He, who knows? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. That's so, that's so interesting. I was thinking exactly the same thing the other day. So I have, I've been at, at, at two golf clubs, clubs where golf happens and there are pros at golf clubs and the pros at golf clubs sometimes get bored with golf because all they do is play golf and hit golf balls and show people how to hit golf balls. And twice, two different guys that I know have decided that the game has become too easy. And so they are, they learn how to play left-handed. And I was literally just thinking the same thing about bill has doing it the standard way become too easy. Now let's do something just a little bit different and see if we can approach or learn or be balanced in a new way, trying something new. I don't know. That's just me. I think I, I believe, you know, there's some, I don't know. I can, I can see who knows that, but you know, like there's so many other variables that people like when you're in the building, you know, what goes down. Like there's something that like, he probably could have had something line, something went through, this didn't happen, that happened, this happened, you know, but it's going to be very definitely interesting to see the developmental stage, the developments of Mac Jones, you know, going in without a guy, like, it's a big relationship, an offensive coordinator, the guy who calls the play with, with you know, a young quarterback trying to thrive and trying to blossom in this system. You know, yeah. it's Josh McDaniels. He's a great offensive. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a really good – he knows X's and O's. He knows that there's an art to calling plays. You know, and I'm not I'm – not, I'm confident that, you know, Bill called plays in 1995 for the Cleveland Browns on offense. I don't know if you – remember that but he did you know they something happened but he called plays so he's called plays on offense but the game's evolved and if there's anyone who can do it though if anyone in the league can do it that's the man it's bill but it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking crazy that's gonna be a tough one but if anyone can it's bill uh you retire from the nfl 2021 just last year in april Within three hours, you have a new job there at Inside the NFL. Uh, congratulations on that. Congratulations on what you're doing. I love listening to you and hearing your insights, both from your time there and, and, and what you see. I'm sure you still are the hardest working man and doing your research to, to keep all of us understanding what, what's going on out there. I appreciate that so much. You've got a kid's book. This was Three. a while ago. Trilogy. You have a trilogy. Trilogy. Well, this just made me laugh. The squirrel named Jules and a goat named Tom. And an old owl named... You got to see the pictures, too. It's pretty It's pretty cool. Those are fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could have hidden it a little bit better than that. But uh, Jules and Tom and the old, <laughs> and the old, the old wise owl... And now, breaking news, Games with Names, new podcast launching very soon, just announced. What can you tell me about your new podcast, Games with Names? Well, Games with Names. I partnered with this comic, Sam Morell. Very funny. Very funny. Upper East Side kid from New York. You know, been a fan of his for a long time and what he's been doing. And uh, wanted to start a podcast. And 
we've been sitting around thinking about ideas of what what can we do a podcast on? You know, I like I like to talk. I want to talk, maybe a little bit here and there. I got some insight. And my buddy, who just so happens his name's Kyler, he's just one of our he's 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 part of Coast Productions, one of our directors, huge part of our business. He comes in one day after Thanksgiving. This was like a year and a half ago when we started developing this thing. And he goes, yeah, I ran into an old kid at a sports bar. And we didn't know each other, but we recognized playing football against each other. And it was crazy to hear his perspective of this crazy game we played in and my perspective. And we wanted to hear the crazy perspective of important games in people's lives. You know, and, and so we wanted to find the best game with the greatest names. And then that's what this is. It's a sports history podcast over fun games. You know, everyone talks about the GOAT, greatest of all time. What, what about the, the the GOG, the greatest of all games? We need to find the, the GOG. GOG. What's the, the greatest GOG. game? Everyone's always arguing about it. Like, nah, is it the Statue of Liberty game with Boise State, Oklahoma? Remember that crazy game? Is it the 18-1 giant loss against the Giants and the Patriots? You know, and then there's also cool games that like you get to you get to talk with. Like we had Ricky Williams on and then to talk about when he was at University of Texas and he broke uh, Tony Dorsett's all purpose. He broke every record. And that was like his goal and to hear his perspective on that game and like how he prepared what was going on in pop culture back in 1998, 1999. It's a fun podcast with some you know guys just having conversations, talking crap. You know, me and Sam, and I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited for it. It's It's been really fun, you know, especially with the guys that we've had on. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell our guys, but, we, you know, we've had Michael Irving. We had Paul Pierce talk about the wheelchair game. Did he shit his pants? Did he not shit his pants? We get the direct answer from Paul Pierce himself. That's called a teaser. That's a teaser. And then we also, <laughs> that's a teaser. We had eight, we had Eli and, and Teddy Bruski come and talk about the 18-1, Teddy Bruschi's first time ever talking about this game. I don't know if that's a fact, but he usually doesn't talk about losses. <laughs> so we're going to run with it. Eli's on there. We had Peyton when he started the season off with the, the game. He threw seven touchdowns when he just signed Welker from Tom. And he comes out and lights up a seven-game, a seven-touchdown opening game against defending Super Bowl champions in the Baltimore, Col- or Baltimore Ravens. Like, we're going to have some – we're going to get – Joe Namath on this bad boy. We're gonna get a bunch of people. It's gonna be. It's 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 been fun, and we've already got a bunch in 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 the books, and I'm 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 excited. And you know, Sam's been awesome to work with. He's a he's. I have to like, you know, I have to learn how to come up with something when he says something so funny. To like, like my comeback skills are 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 kind of weak right now because <laughs> when you work with a comic, they're just so witty. They're on top of it, like he could drill, he could throw like a, you know, a dick joke out like in front of Kurt Warner and make it somehow like I, I, I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, uh, congratulations on that! I cannot wait to listen. Just announce breaking news here on Off the Beat. What's the what's the game you think we should do? What's your favorite game? What's what do you, what is your greatest game of all time? What's your GOG? Greatest of all games. But not necessarily football, right? No, it's all sports. 
We're doing. We're gonna. We're getting soccer on here. We're getting it all. Get a NASCAR. We might get some wrestling. I think both. You could make an argument for either Game Six or Game Seven of the 1991 World Series between the Atlanta Braves and the Minnesota Twins. Kirby Puckett hits the home run, and then the next game, Smoltz pitches. You you need to get Smoltz maybe for Game Seven of what many people consider the greatest World Series of all time, 1991 between the Braves and the Twins. I don't know. That one just popped into my brain. Smoltz. Um, Smoltzy. Smoltzy. If Smoltzy would talk about it, he probably hasn't talked about it uh, ever. So that would be that would be something. Football, man, doesn't have to be. Football. I don't know. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. I know. I, I mean the the USC Texas college football game. That's got to be up there. We're gonna cover that bad boy. That Rose Bowl was unreal. That was yeah. right when I was in college too. Yeah, I was at an electric game. That, that's when the Rose Bowl was cool. Yeah, you want to you want to know the 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 greatest sporting game? I don't know if it's a game that I ever witnessed live. I was very I was young. I was young, but I was there at the Olympics when Carrie Strug broke her ankle. Oh. And they won the gold medal. I was there in Atlanta. We might have to get that race with name. We gotta get you to come on and talk about that. We'll get we'll get we'll get the winners on what is it, a four by one? Who? Who broke their ankle? Oh the 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 Carrie Strug the 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 gymnast when the oh, women won the oh, this, oh, the gold medal with the ankle you can wrap. do it you can do it Bella Caroli oh my god yes you were there so, I was there that I was, was there Atlanta? that was in Atlanta 1996 I, yeah, that was. I was there that's yeah wow that's awesome we'll have to get you on that's pretty good I appreciate you having me congratulations on that julian congratulations thank you so much for coming and talking to us so freaking interesting to me the your career how hard you had to work the ups and downs from high school all the way to well not anymore now you just you retire and you get a new job and now you've got more so i i don't respect you so much anymore but back then whew, you worked hard yeah it's 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 not retire I'm in the, the no. I'm I'm in what they like to call the transition phase. You're transitioning. You never really retire. What am I going to sit and do nothing? Can't retire. No. Got ADD. <laughs> Julian, thank you so much for being on. No problem, man. I appreciate. It. I'm a big fan. It's 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 honestly an honor. Julian, my friend, uh, what a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much for coming by and talking to me. I can't wait to relive some of my all-time favorite sports moments with you on Games With Names. Listeners, make sure to go check that out. And thank you for tuning in today. I have been having so much fun expanding into the world of sports. I really hope that you're leaving these feeling inspired in a way, these athletes, the work that they put in, the dedication that they have, it is, well, it's it's mind-blowing. So why don't you go and you take that inspiration, and I want you to do something great this week, all right? 
or just relax. That's cool too. Whatever makes you happy as long as you were inspired. All right, I'll be back next Tuesday as usual with a brand new episode of Off The Beat and I will see you then. Off The Beat is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our producers are Diego Tapia, Liz Hayes, Hannah Harris, and Emily Carr. Our talent producer is Ryan Papa Zachary, and our intern is Sammy Katz. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend, Creed Bratton, and the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your. Compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility.